Welcome to the Will and Aaron Show. We talk about local high school sports, including the Northern Indiana Conference, the Northern Lakes Conference, plus teams in St. Joseph and Elkhart counties. We also discuss some Northern football. Uh, Aaron, how's your week been? Week's been pretty good, you know. Fall break for Goshen is a week long, so feeling fortunate for that. And I'm excited for our three coaches to be on our show. All got big wins this week in the sectionals. Will, how are you doing? You know, I, I'm doing good. A little bit jealous that you have a week long <laughs> fall break. Mine was only two days, uh, but uh, you know, it was uh, very much needed. Um, basketball's been busy. We had three games this week, uh, and so um, we saw some good games Friday for sure. Uh, a couple of surprises, might we add? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, ready for a big show today. So let's get started with topic number one, Aaron. Uh, what we learned from the opening round of sectionals. Well, uh, we have the privilege and honor of having with us on the Will and Aaron show, uh, Laville's head coach, Jeff Kaiser. Uh, coach, congratulations on your uh, uh, big win, beating your rival, Andrean 59ers, 25-23. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, it's definitely a, a nice victory for our program, for our community, and our entire school. Um, you know, anytime you can knock off a, a parental power in, in playoffs uh, is always a a, a big a big plus. Um, and then the last two years, you know, we've lost to them in the tournament. So, you know, it's been a thorn on our side. And you know, this is only the third time playing them, but I'm going to tell you, like, I've been part of that staff through that, and it seems like it's been longer, you know, just because of what's been on stay, at stake each time we've played them. Um, so finally, you know, we were able to, to get them. So it was nice, and we appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, uh, this game has so many big plays and big moments. I think back to the 29-yard field goal to start the game to open the scoring. For Lavelle, the 27-yard run by Lucas Plummer on fourth down and 12 to go up nine to zero. Uh, uh, Sarnacki's interception right before halftime that swung the momentum. Cody Allen's one-yard touchdown run. Uh, what what can you say about the offense, the defense, and special teams units uh, against Andrean there? So one of the key things we we really emphasize this year is we've got to have multiple players contribute. And you just named all five or six right there, you know, and that's, that's what we have emphasized that it can't just be one guy making play here. One guy making a play there, you know, the same guy, we got to have guys making plays continuously. And, um, you know, offensively, we feel like we have a really good balance, um, the running game, you know, passing game. And then, you know, Lucas, you know, Plummer can do both. Um, so, you know, I'm a D coordinator, so I know what it's like to go against a quarterback that can run, you know? So I know, you know, it's giving headaches. We got to make sure we we're utilizing him properly. Um, but yet also making sure that he's distributing the ball properly, right? We can't become one dimensional and think that it's just him. And, and I feel like our guys are doing a great job with that. Um, our special teams, you know, we, we, we're luxury of having a really good kicker, um, really good kicker. Um, he's hit a 47 yarder. Already this year, he's hit. Uh, we tried a 54 yarder in the same game. He came up just short. Um, he's continually hitting 55, 58 at practice. So now I know it's practice. It doesn't have much pressure as a game, but 
he is fully capable of it. Um, and usually uh, after pregame, my special teams coach will let me know, hey, we're good from this range tonight. Because, you know, it varies field by field, by wind or whatever. But he let me know, hey, where we need to get the ball to to hopefully guarantee at least three. Um, so, you know, that's big. And then defensively, um, I have multiple guys stepping up on the defensive side. And, you know, I'll scheme up things a little bit different each week. And we had a package that we, we wanted to run against these guys. We've worked on a little bit um, sporadically when we felt like we we're at a point in practice where we had to continue doing what we're doing. Right. We're shutting things down. We're recognizing we're communicating or let's bounce to this other package real quick and and just make sure it's what we want to do. And, and I'll tell you, last week, um, I knew I knew I mean, we just felt good about everything going on. The guys were hungry. The focus was there. Energy level was there um, out of not only, you know, the players, but my staff. Um, this was this is a big, a big uh Big one we had marked on, you know, uh, the question to me right away when, you know, going into tournament draw, you know, I had people ask who do you want? So when I drank and they're kind of like, wait a minute, really? Yeah. And I'm like, listen, in order to, in order to get hardware, you got to beat them. I mean, they, they, they haven't lost a first round playoff game since 2011. So they're, you know, tradition rich, you know, I think they call it ring season or something like that over there, you know, when it comes, you know, playoffs and there's a reason for it. I mean, they've been there, they can do that. Um, but the reason I wanted them was we're, we're finally hundred percent and two weeks and next week, you know, we may not be, but I knew going into that week, we were hundred percent. And how many teams can say that at this point in the season? And then the bonus was they're coming to our place. So I was, I was ecstatic. And I, I mean, I'm not just saying that because we beat them. I'm, my guys will tell you, you know, that Monday when we were getting ready for week nine and, you know, everybody knew who we got and they knew I was excited for that draw. And, and I did, it just carried over. And if you're open with your guys like that, they'll feed off it. They'll feed off it, you know? So, and then again, a lot of these guys, they, they played them last year and we felt it, got, it slipped away. So there was still that taste and, you know, until you, until you beat that, that, that golden red helmet, man, it just stays in your side. So, you know, we, we were fortunate. Well, you know, I, uh, before Aaron does his question, I, I just got to say, um, I go down to state finals every year since 1997. I, I've seen Andrean many times. Uh, it's like the, the lures Andrean, they're always down there, you know? Uh, so, you know, it's great to see small community football at an elite level. Uh, and uh, what you got going on with uh, at Louisville, uh, the community knows it's special. Uh, you know, I, we were watching it. Aaron and I were watching it on our TV screen. Uh, the crowd was incredible. Uh, it's just uh, really fun to, to see you guys come together, have some really good players playing at a high level, playing good football, and knocking off. Like you said, one of the perennial powers in in your class. So uh, that that was a really neat moment, I'm sure, for all you guys that are involved in that. Yeah, and like I, you know, I tell my guys, you know, we we don't get caught up in the rankings, we don't get caught up in the record. It, to me, and and other shows I've talked on, and that's ink on paper. That is literally ink on paper. That's somebody's opinion. You know, sure, our record, you know, the the one loss, and that's true. That's a true identity. Don't get me wrong there. But when you flip that over to, you know, this past week playing Andrean, 
you know, they're coming with three wins, but who do they play, right? I mean, they, they play a rugged schedule over there. So, again, that's why I always refer to my guys. It's ink on paper. You know, a scouting report. I get a scouting report out to my guys, right? That's ink on paper. We got to go play. You know, this is this is what I'm seeing, but this isn't necessarily what that team's going to bring, right? And and it's ink on paper. Heck, any more rosters aren't even the same, right? They're, they're, they're either telling their, their guys are bigger or they're smaller, right? So, again, ink on paper. And that's, that's, that's what we talk about a lot, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think one of the sequences hard to kind of understand when we were streaming the game is it's kind of a long delay in that final minute. Was that <laughs> – is that something you feel comfortable sharing about or? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, and I'll be open because it's been, and my phone's blown up over it. I've been asking questions in two different interviews now. Um, it, 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 to be honest, like I was, I was dumbfounded to be honest with you, you know, and, and before I get into, you know, some of the details of it, you know, Aaron, we played up to that point, 47 and 50 seconds better than they did. Okay. My guys battled and battled and battled. And we, we talk, we focus on 12 minutes at a time. Right. And we were right there. It was 47 minutes and 50 seconds gone in that game. Okay. And I had five gentlemen that I felt were almost taking this from us and and I'm helpless. I'm standing on the sideline, not knowing what's going on. And, And that's, that's the worst feeling you can have, you know? And so I'm getting my assistance to make sure Hey, whatever comes out of this, with all the scenarios, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to these officials and figure it out. Every scenario is I need to make sure it's lined up and ready to go because we can't panic in this moment, you know? So that's off to my veteran staff that, that figured that out. Now, to answer your question in depth, I really don't know. <laughs> um, you know, we got down to, to, to 10 seconds. Okay. We'd taken a knee and, uh, play before that we we don't take a knee immediately like we'll, we'll snap the ball and we don't drop to a knee um right there our field was completely soaked you don't know if a kid's going to dive in unfortunately hit your court and do you you could fumble the ball you could get injury right this game's over right so they inadvertently blew the whistle <laughs> with 40 i forget it was 40 some seconds to go all right so they they, they put time back on the clock Replay the down. Well, Coach Skinner thought that they didn't replay the down. So he thought, <laughs> from what I assume, that when it was when it was third down, it was fourth down, and it wasn't. Okay. Now they they re it's 10 seconds left. We take the knee one more time, and so they uh go and say, Coach, we made a mistake. We got 40 seconds on the clock. And I said, what do you mean mistake? And they're, you know, so they're explaining that they with the 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 knee and and where the time should have been at at that time, we feel like there should be 40 seconds on the clock. And I said, okay. I said, what's my play clock? They said 25. I said, no, it's not. If you're resetting that ball, it's a it's just like running a play. It should be my 40-second play clock. Right? So they agreed. You're you're absolutely right, coach. So there's 40 seconds on the game clock, there's 40 seconds on the play clock. We're good. Game over. Right. So we, we line up or we get, we, we huddle up, they set the ball, everything's good. 40 and 40. Um, and, and the clock's rolling when, once they set the ball, right. It's, it's, we're rolling. So clock's ticking, ticking, ticking. 
we're running it now. I mean, there's no need to snap it sooner. You know, it's if we could snap, drop knee, it's game over. I mean, well, Coach Skinner comes running on the field and stops the clock with 10 seconds to go. No timeouts, no nothing. All right. He gets him to stop the play because we, we were just coming to the line. He's arguing the time on the clock. Should have been 43 seconds, I guess. I don't know how he came up with 43 or whatever. In the meantime, he's running his his, uh, his uh, extra point team on the field. Okay? They're set up, ready to go. We're like, wait a minute. It's, it's just now fourth down. It's our ball. He's over there for 28 minutes. My, my guy up top that films the game filmed it for 28 minutes in debate with those officials. Wow. Okay? He got his way, got 43 seconds on it. Now... You're looking at 43 seconds on the, on the on the play clock, 40 seconds on the game clock. There's three seconds to go. It's third down. Okay, we still had we still had two timeouts left. Yeah. So what we did is we ran the clock down. Uh, well, before this, so the white cap comes over, talks to me after they've already had their meeting amongst officials. They came and confirmed the 40 and 40 with me. Everything was good. They set the ball, we're ready to play. You know, coach comes out, does his what he's got to do to argue it. He's battling for his team. I get it. He's battling. It's he's trying to figure it out. He doesn't understand. I get that to an extent. So should have been a penalty. Coach coming on the field, clock's rolling. That's a penalty. Okay. As far as I know. I mean, I, you know, maybe there's something different. I, I anyhow, they come over to explain to me, and I'm questioning how they came up with the 43 seconds. I'm truly questioning that because they had agreed it was 40, not arguing with them, just trying to get an explanation. And I was told that if I continue to question what they're doing, they're going to throw a flag on me. And I said, their coach, and I didn't know how long it was. I said, 15 minutes. I said, you still are 15 minutes with them explain what the situation was. And you're coming to me now with that, basically just an answer that I got to deal with and move on. Wow. I said, that's not right. And he said, coach, if you don't like it, you can continue to argue. We're going to throw a flag. And I just turned to my coaches and said, we were ready to go. I said, let's deal with it. I said, this game's over. Let's go. You know? And so we we, we ran it down to, to uh, three seconds. We called timeout. And Lucas, we told Lucas, when you snap it, run around. Just don't run back in the end zone. Just run around and fall down. And obviously he did. And we had a coach on the side that had his hand up and dropped it. So if Lucas turned, because his back was to the clock. So he didn't know when the three seconds would be up. And if he went down before that, they're in field goal range, win ball game. <laughs> So just really, really weird, Aaron. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and like I said, you know, it, it is what it is, right? It's tough being stretched. I get that, right? And it was a tight environment, tight game. So Skinner's going to battle for his guys like I battle for mine, right? But I'm standing there, and I'm like, like I said, the 47 minutes, 50 seconds, we've outplayed these guys. And I have, I'm in a situation now that I can't do anything. I felt helpless. And I'm like, is this really going to get taken from us? My fear was they were going to say that they got the downs wrong and they were going to give them, you know, the fourth down was, Oh, we missed a down. Now it's their ball. And that's what Skinner was trying to get. I think that's why he had his field goal, you know, under immediately, you know, snap it, kick it. And, and, you know, Ballantyne's a kicker. He's a good kicker. And they were sitting right in midfield. I mean, perfect scenario for them to win the ball game and get out of there. So, yeah, it was nerve wracking to say the least. And and there's been so many questions from, from every angle. Um, even our athletic director, old coach Will, he's just like, 
what was going on? Yeah. yeah. It's a mess. And then, you know, he's like, well, hey, let's just move on. Let's get out of here and move on. You guys did a great job. And, you know, but even he's confused, you know, and he's, he's off the field. So uh, I just, it's a question that obviously is probably floating all around the state. I'm sure when they got the film down there, the, you know, the officiating association, I'm sure they're scratching their heads. Um, but again, we're human. We all make mistakes. And, um, you know, I respect those guys, you know, I mean, you know, even though there was some controversy and, and this and that, but that's part of football, it's playoff football, right? I mean, it's, you know, yeah. so I'm just glad, I'm glad it went, went our way. <laughs> For sure. You know, I'd, I'd never been able to explain that to my guys. Right. Ever. You know, I, you just, you just wouldn't have been able to. So, yeah. but yeah. You know, uh, uh, you you're not the only people that were confused. I think everybody in the local community, local media, was like, "What what just happened?" Like we just couldn't understand why it took so long for that game to end. It seemed like it should have been ended like 15, 20 minutes ago. Uh, but you guys yeah. have such class, uh, you, you and your staff and players, and it just really shows the character of Laville football program. Uh, you handle a high stakes uh, environment game. A lot on the line, as you just said, but uh, you handle that adversity with a lot of class. So, uh, yeah, and that's you know, it's it's a tribute to my staff as well. Like I said, I got I got a couple of head coaches on my staff. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Justin Bagoni. Yeah, John. You know, he's the head coach at Glenn. Yeah, yeah I co- I coached with him at Glenn. Um, and then Jeff Jankowski. You know, he used to be at Bremen, then he was head coach at Bremen. He came over to Glenn for a few years. You know, I got him on the staff this year. So, you know. We've we've been in big games, and like I said, when I when I was telling those guys get every scenario played out during this delay, and make sure we're ready because, you know, here's the thing: we've been in big games. Don't get me wrong; this last few years, we've been in really big games, not as big as what that other team had been, right? And that staff, so they go on it. Let's make sure our guys are ready to go, you know, and and are confident what we're doing here. I mean, it's. It's soaking wet. It's, you know, everything is against you to make a bad snap, right? And anything that gives you a second guess allows that to happen. So as long as our guys keep their composure and ready to go, I thought we're going to be all right. So then when they had it all planned out, what they're going to do after the timeout, I said, let's do it. Let's finish this thing. (laughs) Well, you've got a a rock star uh, staff there. A lot of people don't remember, but uh, Justin led John Glenn to a semi-state nearly – Nearly uh, beat Eastbrook a couple of touchdowns short there to to go to state finals. So, uh, yep, I was on that. I was I was part of that. Were you too? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, I was on the staff with them. Yeah, we, Justin and I coached seventeen years together at Glen. Wow! And then now I got you know we got him back. So we we've been around right. Yeah. And then Jankowski and I were seven years together there, and he was even a little bit longer with with Justin. So yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely you know, some credentials there in our staff for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. You know, let's kind of pivot to this Friday. You play at Whiting, uh, the Oilers, mm-hmm. kind of falling on tough times in the last five or so years. Uh, as you know, a once proud program, uh, especially you talk about Jeff Kane uh, and what he was able to do there. You know, I was at that 2015 uh, state title game when they lost to Monrovia. So, again, this is a program that – kind of been there done that uh, in in their history oilers are four and six as as you well know you know sometimes as a coach you wonder how your team's going to respond after a, a very physical tough emotionally draining game against andrean uh what does laville need to do to have success against the oilers lighting this friday we gotta play lancer football 
Um, that's that's the biggest thing. You, you nailed it. I mean, you can come out flat. You know, you, you, I like to use the word honeymoon, right? You're still on the honeymoon. You're still having fun, guys. You know, you want to be loosey-goosey and think, hey, since we beat them, now everything's just a silver platter, right? I mean, if anything, it makes it a little bit harder. Um, now we even got a bigger target on our back. So, you know, again, uh, it, it, we got to play how LaVille can play um, and not have letdowns and, and be disciplined um, because Wyden's got a great opportunity at home. You know, they're still alive. You know, again, they're 1-0, we're 1-0. You know, and, and there's 32 teams left in, in 2A football, and they're one of them, you know. And, you know, you get over there, it's a different environment for us. You know, you get up in the regions, long bus ride. I mean, there's just a lot of things that if you get complacent, it favors them. Um, now, the other side of that is, you know, if we can get the mindset and have a great week of practice, you know, this momentum should carry on. I mean, it should carry on because – if there was anybody in our program that had any doubt, it should be a race that, man, we're for real. We, we can do some things. So, um, you know, and then, you know, another thing is I, I believe we win, we come back home for championship, you know. So that's on the line as well. You know, you win this week, every game you play her outs for hardware. And that's – there's nothing funner than that. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, uh, I'm sure Bremen and Wheeler uh, would uh, would be uh, very excited to get a chance to, if you guys beat Whiting, get a chance to, especially Bremen, having uh, played a close game with you guys at 17-10. I think it was the first game in the uh, season, uh, tight battle. So uh, get a chance to do something, perhaps, maybe. Don't want to look too far down the road, but uh, 2021, you guys were in the regional game, and Hopefully we guys see you uh, win Friday and uh, we'll see what happens in such, you know, championship, but perhaps maybe get back to that regional first time since 2021. Yeah. Well, then that's obviously uh, the plan. You know, you don't ever want to say, well, we're happy just because we did this, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, so what now what mentality, you know, what, what are we going to do with it? You beat them. Okay. So you, you know, just sit on this and, and not do anything else. Or you're going to keep working and, you know, um, you create memories at this point. And, uh, you know, it's a memory that you, you, you beat that red and gold team finally. And then you just kind of got complacent with that. Or do you keep building on it and you battle and play your best football and let the, you know, chips fall where they may. Absolutely. Well, from the outside looking in, uh, I'm, I'm, we're confident that you guys will, um, you know, do what, uh, you want them to do, which is be focused, be motivated and, uh, play your best ball this Friday. So coach, thank you for joining the Will and Aaron show. Really enjoyed having uh, you on to talk about LaVille football and uh, you're doing incredible things in uh, Lakeville and uh, best of luck Friday. Thanks guys. William and Aaron, appreciate the opportunity and uh, the recognition for our players and program. And uh, hopefully we can keep talking about us. All right. We're joined by uh, Wallace C head football coach, coach Rita Boo. Congrats on your win against Riley. You know, Coach, you guys were what knocking on the door down the stretch of this regular season against some of the quality teams in the NLC. So how did your team finally get over that hump against Riley? Well, I, I think you're right in the idea that we were knocking on the door of victory and we were playing some really good teams. Uh, our out-of-conference teams were Tippy Valley and West Noble, who both went undefeated and won their conferences. Um, and then... We got into conference and every team in the NLC is tough. And uh, we reached our uh, rock bottom, though, at Concord. Um, 
our quarterback went out in the third play of the game. Uh, we had another kid uh, kicked out of the game. We had some injuries that uh, limited playing time of kids. It just was not good, good timing for us. And Concord just really took it to us. And um, we had a, uh, uh, you know, team meeting and uh, decided to flush that game and refocus of what we're about and what we were doing. And uh, the kids responded really well. And, uh, I think it was a wake up call for seniors that uh, not to take it for granted. And uh, so mm -hmm. our next game was uh, Northridge and uh, we played really, really well. We, it, you could feel it. It was a different vibe. Um, kids were excited. Kids were playing hard. And we played hard for four quarters and that's what it takes. Um, my three mantras are be physical, uh, cut out the, uh, uh, damaging penalties, the ones that start a drive and put you behind the sticks uh, or silly penalties when you have a good play and it has nothing to do with the play, those kind of penalties, uh, those mental errors that have nothing to do with, uh, you know, the other team. And then the third one, it's turnovers and turnovers had been plaguing us all season long. Um, they still do rear their ugly head from time to time, but if we can get out our own way. Uh, we felt like we can beat a lot of these teams. And so uh, when we went against Northridge first time, I think it shocked a lot of people, but it didn't shock us. We knew we could do that, and uh, it was just a matter of putting it together. Yeah. You know, uh, you mentioned some of the tough teams you played. By the way, congrats on your big win against Riley. Thank you. Know, you. Uh, you you played, uh, looking at your schedule right now, you played, you mentioned Valley, uh, West Noble, uh, uh, but also uh, Northridge and um, – uh, Warsaw, uh, you know, all of those teams, uh, you know, were within uh, eight points uh, average. Yeah. Uh, uh, so um, definitely, you know, you were a popular pick among some of the media people to 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 um, upset someone. And sure enough, you you pull it off. Um, so, you know, I had lunch with my parents today and I was talking about who's going to be on the show tonight. And, uh, you know, your name came out and my dad, his ears perked up because he was all excited because um, he's a Winnemac alum. And, um, you know, your dad was his elementary principal and also his fifth grade, sixth grade basketball coach and uh, at, down at Winnemac. And he remembers uh, you uh, playing basketball as a little kid. So uh, kind of neat to have that Kramer uh, uh, Redaboo uh, connection there. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's excited to listen to this segment here. That's awesome. Uh, don't, don't get very many people uh, from Winnemac, let alone, but uh, Readaboo is a rather unique name. So if you've ever been around Winnemac, you, you know the Readaboo name. Absolutely. Uh, Pizza King is about the only thing yes. in Winnemac. Yes. So you're, you happen to randomly hit Winnemac town uh you gotta hit pizza king oh well, yes uh that i grew up loving pizza king and uh it's still a favorite of mine uh fortunately there's two of them in our uh district here uh and uh i was a winnemac warrior and now i'm a wawasee warrior so uh yeah pretty easy absolutely. for me too you know um coach wawasee uh won a sectional football game for the first time since 2012 back when coach Wagaman uh was in charge yeah uh, football you know is a team sport uh, but every team has leaders can you talk about some of your key guys 
Well, I think I got to start with Hunter Tinky. Uh, he was big in our, our game against Riley. He's been big on our team all season long. Uh, he's got speed. He's a track kid. Uh, he's uh, a really good DB. If you uh, saw the Northwood game, he went toe-to-toe with their uh, best receiver, uh, Nitro Tuggle, and uh, mm-hmm. did a really nice job. Um, he is one of those kids that just works hard all the time. He worked on his body in the weight room. He's a track kid. Uh, he's a great kid, a leader. Um, can't say enough about him. And then, of course, you know, he's we got to find ways to get him the ball, whether that's through the air or running the ball out of a wing position. Um, we've even put him in the backfield. And so uh, I think I got to start there. Um, our other team captains, uh, Hunter Kunish. He is the uh, a guard uh, on our offense, and he's the nose on our defense. And uh, rather unheralded position a lot of times. You do all the dirty work, but you don't get all the glory. Um, gets Riley had an interception, so that was a great thrill. Uh, you don't see a nose guard getting an interception in the game too often. Um, and then Lucas Linder, he's another corner of ours. Uh, been steady, another track kid, works really hard, excellent student. Um, leads by example. Um, then uh, we're hoping to get Brandon Kelly back this week. Uh, he's been out a couple games, and uh, he's our Mike linebacker that uh, makes a lot of big hits. Uh, he's number 33. Um, he's also a running back for us. Um, so, uh, you know, those guys, I think I got to start there. Donovan uh, Blair, defensive end, tight end. He had a big game against uh, Northridge. Uh, unfortunately, he and another player got into it, and they both got tossed from the game. Um, but he's looking forward to that because he was having a really good game, and we lost him early in the second half. And that hurt us quite a bit because he's a key player and a senior uh, for us. Um, and that's, you know, I think I've I, I got to start with those guys. Those guys are the heart and soul of our team. There's a lot of great players out there. Peyton Sewell's another one. Uh, Derek Bontrager is huge for us, but it's a senior-led team, and they're the pulse of our team. So we go as they go. Very cool. Yeah, you alluded to how you played really well against Northridge earlier on the season, and then the score was 14-7. to So you face them again this coming week in the second round. What does Wallace need to do to beat Northridge? Well, the first time we played, um, we played really within ourselves. We didn't hurt ourselves to start the game. We ended up scoring first. We were up seven to nothing after the first quarter, and I believe it was seven all at halftime. Um, and uh, we, our starting quarterback was out. He got uh, hurt in the Concord game, and so that was our sophomore quarterback. Um, and both our running backs were banged up. Um, Neither one of the, our starting running backs played. Uh, we were to our third steering running back. And so um, we were able to uh, pull a score off, but it, it was a struggle offensively just because of, of a lot of new faces. We did have two turnovers, which we have to avoid that against Northridge. We can't turn the ball over. Um, we struggled to run the ball against them. I think we only had 42 yards rushing. Uh, we got to do better in that area. Uh, but that game was a close game because of our defense. Our defense uh, played really, really well, held them to 11 yards passing, uh, just over 100 yards rushing. Um, that's pretty good for a North against a Northridge team because um, they're pretty – they can be very electric. Um, they're well coached. Uh, they got good size. They got some playmakers. Uh, it's going to be a challenge for us, but 
as we've shown most of the season, we're ready for that challenge. Yeah, no doubt. I'm looking. We're looking forward to that game for sure. Should be a good, a good one there. Yes, it, it'll it'll be exciting. And Chad Epley's a former player at Wawasee, so that adds to uh, the flavor That's of right. the game. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, I I coached Chad, so Chad's a good dude. Um, of course, uh, Chad uh, was an assistant under Tom Wagaman, who was also at Wawasee. So there's the. Uh, the circle of life, if you will, right there. Um, uh, a lot of familiar faces and, and things like that on the uh, on the sidelines. Yeah. Well, hey, Coach, we appreciate you hopping on here tonight. I know you you got a busy schedule. Um, uh, and best of luck Friday against Northridge. I appreciate. Say hi to your dad for me. Will do. Well, Aaron, uh, Fairfield beat Jimtown seventeen to six. Uh, and we interviewed head coach, uh, Matt Thacker and, uh, coach, uh, thanks for joining the Will and Aaron show. It's a privilege and honor to, to have you on our show. Uh, congratulations on your win over Jimtown. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it was, a it was a fun night. It was a fun night for our, our team and our community, uh, as a whole. So. Absolutely. You know, uh, Fairfield's first win against Jimmy's in seven playoff games. And, and the first one since 1979 against the Jimtown program. You know, I saw your interview with the Channel 46 sports team, and it seemed like you tried to downplay the significance of the Jimtown game. Do uh, you think that helped your players from a mental standpoint? Oh, you know, I just we just take it one week at a time. You know, it doesn't, you know, it's no disrespect to any opponent. You know, you can't make one opponent bigger than the next or the, you know, the past opponents. Um, you know, Jimtown was a team that we faced last week and this week we played Jimtown and, or excuse me, John Glenn. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a one week at a time mentality. And, uh, that's just kind of how we've been approaching things, you know, not to get too high, not to get too low and just take it one week at a time, one, one play at a time. Absolutely. Yeah. How did you, did you have a sense, uh, this past week in practice that your team was ready to to be a team like Jimtown? Uh, you know, you know, we've, our practices have been pretty good, you know, throughout the year. I mean, it's, uh, again, our, our kids, they do what we ask. And uh, I guess if there was any tell, um, I would say it was before the game. Um, we, we eat in the cafeteria together and I had written on the board that uh, we'll go up to the, our, our L, the LGR, the large group instruction room together Um but as I was, when coaches were talking, the kids just kind of gone up and left. And I was like, well, you know, either that, either they've gone up there and they're, they're ready to go, or uh, I don't know where they went to. <laughs> so uh, we left the cafeteria, the coaching staff and I, and uh, we went up to the LGI and, and there they were on the LGI ready to meet and go over uh, last minute pregame details uh, that we go over. So uh I kind of had a feeling that they were definitely ready to play um, at that point. That's awesome. You know, Coach, um, you've reached six wins, uh, the most since your 2020 campaign when you guys went 9-1. and one. Um, You know, football is a team sport, but every team has leaders. Can you talk uh, briefly about some of your key guys and what it means to, to the program at Fairfield? Well, you know, our, our captains, you know, Ethan Hostetler, Sawyer Ernsberger, uh, Marco Garcia and Alex uh, Hofer, 
uh, our four guys, and they're not necessarily uh, big vocal guys. Well, I guess Marco uh, is out of that group. Um, Ethan has kind of become one, uh, but you know, Ethan, uh, all four of them really do uh, a lot by example, uh, whether in the classroom, in the hallways, and then out on the practice field and the game field for us. Uh, but Ethan has kind of really embraced being a leader, uh, you know, just talking about how to become a better leader uh, from time to time. And, uh, you know, it, it's really it's been pretty impressive to watch him grow uh, throughout the season, throughout his four years of being with us. Um, you know, he, he's really kind of taken things, uh, you know, upon his own shoulders and just kind of done things, you know, uh, kind of like you, you expect leaders to do. Um, so it's been it's been great to see him grow and mature into that role, and you know to watch Marco, uh, you know, become more positive in what he says and, and how he says it. Uh, Sawyer and, and Alex definitely are not guys that are going to you know speak up a whole lot, but uh, definitely with their actions on and off the field, uh, have developed to be great leaders for us as well. Yeah, definitely. So, in Sawyer had a big moment as. You guys kicked that field goal in the fourth quarter to take the lead up to 11. I'm always fascinated with, like, coaching decisions. I'm not a coach, so kind of kind of talks about what what your decision to kick the field goal, uh, how did that come into play? Honestly, I was going to go for it because after what happened to John Glenn last year, uh, when we kicked it the back, we kicked the ball off the back of our own uh, – kid's helmet and the ball went up in the air and everybody just kind of watched it fall into uh, the John Glenn defensive end's hands as he ran un unabated to the end zone on the other side of the field. Uh, so I, I honestly did not think twice about going for it. And it was either Coach Tobias or Coach Fisher, um, or it could have been Coach Brassel. It was one of our three offensive coaches that said, hey, if we kick this, we'll go up 11 and we're up two possessions with three minutes or so to go. And like, you know what, that's, that's what we should be doing. And so I called the timeout and actually my wife was in the stands and she was actually hearing, you know, comments from, uh, from parents and other people in the stands is, I hope he kicks this. And, uh, you know, she was, she was kind of elated to find out that we were actually going to kick it, but I did not watch the field goal. I was nervous <laughs> and didn't want it. I wanted to make sure it at least got past the line of scrimmage um, so hopefully, and then, you know, uh, Sawyer's done a great job developing as a kicker, you know, going into the season, uh, we didn't have a kicker and our special teams coordinator, Eldon Birchfield's really helped him along. Uh, just, just, you know, he's become better at placing the ball on kickoffs. And, and if you watch him during warmups, he seems to be booting the ball, uh, through the uprights uh, pretty consistently. So it, it's, it's great to see, and it's great to watch him have that success. Yeah, Even though I didn't see the play <laughs> and until I saw it on TV myself. Uh, well, I feel it, you, Coach. Yeah, <laughs> you were watching uh, a multiple games. We actually had three games on at the same time at my place. We had Jimtown Fairfield game on a large screen, uh, uh, Laville Andrean on the second largest screen, and then we had Northwood St. Joe on the third screen. So, uh, uh, of course. Well, at least we're on the big screen. Yeah, well, you know why? It's because Aaron has family. Uh, Corey Stoner is uh, Aaron's cousin. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And then I'm a Jimtown grad. So, yeah, you're talking to two Jimtown people here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, my roommate, uh, former Bethel roommate, uh, Rainy Gingrich, uh, 
uh, he's a Fairfield uh, graduate. So okay. definitely know some Fairfield uh, people. And um, we're just so happy to see uh, you and, and your program uh, with a big win. Um, and so let's pivot to this Friday. Uh, as you guys mentioned, John Glenn is coming up. Uh, Nets on dot gear in the sectional semifinal. Uh, what does Fairfield football need to do to beat a program like John Glenn to advance to the sectional championship game for the first time since 2019? Uh, you know, again, we're going to have to take it one play at a time, not get too high, not get too low. Um, you know, their quarterback, number three, does a great job. He's got great speed. Um, we're going to have to definitely contain him, and they definitely have some – uh, excellent weapons on the outside with number 14 and number 12. Um, you know, that, that's one place we've struggled is in, in secondary at times. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're going to have to definitely shore some things up on the back end and uh, take care of, you know, containing their quarterback. And, and also 47, they're, they're running back. And number seven, the other running back, they do a good job of running in between the tackles. And they also have the speed and uh, to take it to distance and they, they do a good job as well in the passing game, uh, especially with their middle screen. So, uh, you know, defensively, you know, it's a different animal than it was last week. You know, last week we knew Jimtown was going to run right at us and we had to shore that up. And so hopefully we can, um, you know, shore the things that we need to get fixed uh, for John Glenn defensively. And, you know, and offensively, we're just going to have to continue to run our stuff and and hopefully force them to adjust or adapt to what we do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, uh, it's a fascinating matchup, two teams that somewhat similar in some ways and somewhat different in others. Um, and, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to see that matchup Friday. Uh, once again, congratulations, Coach, on uh, your win over Jimtown, and uh, we wish you the best of luck this Friday. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and Go Falcons. Big plays helps New Prairie beat Hobart 49 of 14. Yes, a 60, I'm sorry, a 76-yard pass from Kamichek to Kamichek. I guess I'm assuming brother-to-brother -brother connection set up a four-yard touchdown run by Marshall. Uh, Reed Robinson added a 90-yard touchdown run. Trenton Kluke returned a block punt 55 yards for a score as well. You know, all phases of the game stepped up in a big way for the Cougars. Aaron, I think a lot of people thought New Perry would win this game, but maybe few expected a blowout like we saw Friday night. Tremendous performance by a New Perry Cougars. Northwood wins big on the road, 52-10 over St. Joe. Yeah, third down was kind of the story of this game. St. Joe went... 0 for 7, while Northwood converted 6 uh, of 7 times. Northwood also had a total of 473 yards compared to St. Joe's 238. on Tuggle, Josiah Edmond, Landon Perry, and Trey Woods all had a touchdown. Yeah, and, uh, that's an impressive win for the Panthers. A lot of people, including me, thought that this game potentially had a chance to be a close game, but Got to give credit to Coach Andrews, his team, for a great showing. Yes, uh, Northwood deserves a lot of credit for this solid victory. As well as St. Joe and Coach Downey deserve some love uh, from us as well. As a program, they took another step this season, so the future is looking bright for St. Joe. Absolutely. You know, well yeah. said, Aaron. 
West Noble kicks a field goal with three seconds remaining to beat Saint or to beat Marion rather, forty six to forty three. This was a back and forth type game. Fans definitely got their money's worth. A tough way for Marion to lose. Coach Davidson and his and his team deserve a lot of credit, uh, respect for taking another step forward from last year. You know, Marion gained respect for their wins against Alcar and St. Joe this season. They were competitive in almost all of their games, despite their record. Solid ba- bounce back year for the Knights. Absolutely. You know, I tend to agree with that assessment, Aaron. Uh, they do lose Bryce Lassane at quarterback, but next year should be fun to see what the, the Knights do. Let's talk about South Bend, Washington, beating Plymouth 28-20 in Coach Johnson's first year of his second stint with the Panthers. Yeah, nice win. For the west side, Gabe Weber is coming into his own as he's gaining more confidence as a first-year starting quarterback. The defense has been playing better in the second half of the season. Yeah, that's very true. You know, Aaron, I get a a close uh, look. Uh, I get a closer look than most people do uh, with the Washington football program since I I work in the same building as Coach Johnson. Uh, He's done a tremendous job of program development, player development. You know, his recent stint, at the college level and and uh kind of has brought a lot of wisdom uh and and experience uh watch out i i think this panther football program has the pieces to bring back the glory days of washington football maybe not next year but you know uh, it's a, a work in progress sometimes it just takes the right guy at the right moment to make things work and you know aaron i think washington has their guy a guy who connects well with the players the community uh, uh, they have a tall test, though, this next week, this Friday <laughs> Northwood. Uh, but re- regardless of the result, the season has to be considered a success uh, for both Washington and Plymouth. Yeah, I would agree with that, Will, for sure. Okay, let's move on to topic number two, the Will and Aaron weekly picks. Uh, an update on our weekly pick records. I am 36 and 14. Aaron, you're right behind me with a 35 and 15 record. Uh, well, we got five good games here. Let's start with the first game Wheeler at Bremen. Wheeler is 6 and 3 out of the Greater South Shore Conference where they won the South Division. Bremen is 5 and 5. Aaron, what is your pick? I'm going to take the long green line. I like their, I like Bremen's schedule a little more. I think their talent. To be honest with you, I don't know much about Wheeler. I haven't really watched any of their games. So I'm going to stick with the team in our coverage area. Give me Bremen over Wheeler. Okay. So Aaron got Bremen. You know, Aaron, both teams average right around 300 yards per game total offense. Wheeler runs the ball a little more than Bremen does. Uh, both teams have a quality quarterback. Both teams have a clear number one wide receiver in Tyrus Graverson and Bryce uh, Compton for Wheeler. You know, in the past three decades, Bremen leads the series 3-0, and all of which were playoff games. Last year, Bremen won this contest 35-21 in the sectional. Bremen did play a tougher schedule this year than uh, Wheeler, as you alluded to. Uh, you do have to worry a bit about Bremen looking past Wheeler. I think Coach Lieber will have his team ready to go, motivated to focus. It is supposed to rain uh, Wednesday through Friday of this week, uh, but Wheeler has a turf 
field. So the playing surface shouldn't be an issue. Normally on a wet grass field, uh, that would favor the running game with a lot of rain. I like Silas Leidig and Graverson to have a big night through the air. I'll also, like you, Aaron, I'm going to take the Bremen Lions. Elkhart at Penn, a clash of 6A schools. Elkhart is 3-6. and six. Penn is 8-1. and one. Elkhart on a two-game losing streak, while Penn has won six straight. Aaron, who do you got? Yeah, I like I like Penn to come out focused and beat the Lions. You know, a rivalry game like this could make it interesting if you add in the winner-go-home-as-well mentality that both teams will need. But I still like this Kingsman squad. I think they have all the ingredients. They have the coaching. Not to say El- Elkar doesn't have that, but I think the Kingsmen are just firing all cylinders, all phases of the game right now. So I will take Penn over Elkhart. You know, I have to agree with you there. I'm also going to take Penn. Uh, you know, I think Penn's linemen will wear down Elkhart, really do. I think they're just a little bit better. Nolan will make plays with both his arm and his feet. I think several Penn playmakers are going to have a piece or a role on offense. You know, Penn's defense, very solid unit. You know, this team is deep and can beat you in a lot of ways. So I'm going to go with the Penn Kingsman here. Wawasee at Northridge. Wawasee coming off that big sectional win over Riley. Northridge easily handling Logansport. Last time these two teams met, Northridge barely won 14-7. Aaron, who are you going with? You know, I expect to see another close ball game here. You know, uh, Coach Rudabu kind of alluded to the two programs have a lot of ties. Um so they know each other well. They played each other already, of course. The Wallace has some confidence coming in. You know, I think in this game, I have to give the edge to the Raiders at home. I think the experience, the recent success in the program and the big games will help them find a way, you know, against a really dangerous Wallace team. Yep, well said. Aaron, you're going with your alma mater, Northridge Raiders. Uh, you know, Northridge should... No, by now, not to take Wawasee lightly. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying they did the previous game, uh, but uh, you can't uh, take them lightly at all this Friday night. Uh, it is a home game, as you mentioned, for the Raiders, where they've won four consecutive playoff home games in a row. I think Wawasee plays Northridge tough again, like you said, uh, but I like your Raiders, Aaron, to make enough plays down the stretch to win. I'm also going to take the Northridge Raiders. Fairfield at John Glenn. Both teams sit at six and four. Both teams have been Angola, Jimtown, and both teams like to run the ball. Aaron, who do you got? You know, I think last week we all we picked the same teams, and you know, I think I want to make things more interesting this uh, this week. I'm going to take Fairfield on the road. I like what I saw from their big boys up front. You know, I have a feeling they have it in them to control the time of possession. And make enough plays to pull the upset. I'll take Fairfield over John Glenn. Oh, <laughs> Aaron going with the upset here. And this one, you know, uh, this matchup is as close as they get. Statistically, both teams are very similar. Both teams have playmakers. You think about Fairfield's Metzger uh, averaging eight yards per carry. Custer, Schmucker, solid runners as well for the uh, Falcons. John Glenn. All about Chase Miller, Cobell, Larkin, uh, John Glenn, probably the better passing team. But Aaron, as you know, 
passing in the playoffs, tough, especially in the challenging weather conditions that they'll probably see on Friday night. John Glenn has a grass field, so that probably favors Fearful a little bit. A lot of people in our area will pick John Glenn. They say things like they got the better schedule, they played a better conference. However, if you look at those two common opponents, Angola and Jimtown, Fairfield outscored those two schools by 27 points compared to just 12 by John Glenn. Both teams have impressive losses. If you look at John Glenn's four losses, they're to Riley, Knox, LaVille, Tippecanoe Valley. That's not, uh, that's not a bad uh, four losses there. Fairfield, their four losses, Heritage, West Noble, Garrett, and Lakeland, all three of them except for Lakeland, are still alive in the playoffs. So uh, each team has, you know, impressive losses. Aaron, this is a tough pick. Uh, I was going back and forth uh, mm-hmm. in this, uh, you know, uh, game. In a game where two teams are neck and neck, sometimes coaching might be the difference. You know, Coach Barron, been around for a long time, been in many, many uh, playoff games, including a winning a sectional in 2015 while at Plymouth. In his 19 years of coaching, he's only had four losing seasons. Pretty impressive. Coach Thacker just has not been long around long enough. Uh, it's not easy to be the guy who has to follow and replace a legendary coach in Bob Miller, but Thacker done a good job being consistent. Outside of his first year, they have been either 500 or right around 500, and they had that 9-1 season in 2020. Uh, obviously, this year could add a seventh win to to the campaign this season. Um I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I really don't think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Turnovers possibly will play a role. Aaron, I'm going to take John Glenn at home in a very tough physical battle. Uh, Should be a close game, but the Falcons will prevail. Okay, our last game to pick, Carroll, Fort Wayne at Warsaw. Carroll competes in the A division of the Summit Conference where they finish second right behind Fort Wayne Snyder. Warsaw won the NLC as co-champions with Mishawaka. Carroll beat Warsaw last year, 34-17. Aaron, who do you got? I feel like I should go with the favorite, but I tend to be the contrarian at times, and this is another time where I'll go against what logic may say. You know, I think the Tigers have a chance to control the game with their run attack. Uh, Their defense has been pretty stellar all season. Should Carroll win? On paper, yeah, I think they probably should. But that's why you play the game, and I think this is the game Warsaw gets. Give me Warsaw over Carroll. Wow. Aaron <laughs> going with Warsaw Tigers. You know, Coach Curtis is really going to like your pick there. So, uh, you know, Warsaw has had a tremendous season. You just mentioned that. Coach Curtis and players have overcome injuries. Uh, they, they've they overcome uh, a lot of different obstacles that come their way this season and mm-hmm. still want to see. However, Carroll presents a lot of challenges as their offense is going to be uh, very potent uh, and, and difficult for this Warsaw defense to stop, mainly because there's not a lot of weaknesses on this Carroll team. Uh, they have a, a very stout line of scrimmage. They've got skilled players at all uh, positions, quarterback, running back, wide receivers. They have scored about 100 more points during the season compared to Warsaw. They are able to make explosive plays, whereas, you know, Warsaw is more ground and pound. Warsaw needs a fast start to stay in this game. 
you know, get the home crowd involved. Warsaw cannot afford a bad start. If they have a bad start, I think it's, it's bad news uh, for them. You know, Warsaw's margin for error is going to be very small when you compare that to Carroll. Uh, Coach Curtis will not be out coach though, and I do think Warsaw will be motivated and focused. But Carroll is too explosive, too talented, too big, too fast for this Warsaw team, and I'm going to have to pick the Carroll Chargers to win this game. Nice. No bad picks. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I, I'm trying to catch you a little bit, so I had to go outside the box. You know, I like – yeah, Carroll is going to be a tall task for sure. You know, I, I will say this. Uh, you are one game behind the last two weeks, uh, record-wise. Yeah. So I like the aggressiveness on the, <laughs> uh, the pulse here. You know, either it's going to go one or two ways. Either the leader will extend – or uh, maybe you'll catch catch up, or even take a lead. <laughs> uh, we get two of those upsets. I will. I do think Fairfield had has a pretty good shot though at yeah. pulling off an upset. And I don't even know if you call it an upset. It's probably maybe a slight upset, right? Uh, but uh, uh, we'll see. It's gonna be a lot of. Uh, of course, uh, hopefully you come over. I know my dad's coming over to watch the games. We'll order some pizza and watch some high school football this Friday. But. Uh, should be very, very fun time for sectional semifinal games for a local area. Definitely looking forward to it. Well, Aaron, it's been a great show. Uh, back to school this week for me. You're off this week, so hopefully you enjoy that. Get some extra rest. Um, do some fun things this week. Uh, I know you'll probably have a lot of family time with, uh, with uh, Ellie and your and two kids there. Um, yeah. But um, you know, uh, we want to thank you for listening to Will and Aaron's show. If you are enjoying our podcast, we would love for you to rate and share our podcast. Leave a review. It will help us out. You can follow us on X at Will Aaron Show on Instagram at The Will and Aaron Show. And you can like and follow The Will and Aaron Show Facebook page. Thanks to you. We have now listeners from nine different countries, 33 states across America and 125 U.S. cities. Tune in next time if we discuss more local high school sports, including learning football.